listening for the voice of God today on Grow in Grace. I hear him every time I read the Bible. I hear him often when I hear another teacher, a Bible teacher, teaching. I even hear his voice sometimes when I'm listening to praise music and an artist will write just some fantastic line. And I know it's God speaking to me. So my challenge to you is God is here because we've gathered in the name of Jesus. And if you will listen, he will speak to you, uniquely you, some way during this message because I've asked him to. Zion, now filled with hands and in this place gotta dwell with man. Sick be healed and the crippled stand singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son. Selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said let this world know me by your love. Whether it's our children, our spouse, parents, or even a good friend, we can rather easily detect their voice. That's because we're familiar with it, having spent a lot of time with them. Well, today on Grow in Grace, we'll see that's equally true of our relationship with God. If we're truly followers of Christ in the Word of God, spending time in prayer, we'll be able to spot the voice of God a mile away and be able to detect and reject the false shepherds too. In John chapter 10, Here's Pastor Ed Ray. John writes, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Let's stop there and pray. Lord, we thank you that often we do not understand So we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit here this morning to teach us, that you would open in our hearts and our minds to understand that you are the shepherd and what it means to be a sheep and to follow you. May your voice be clear to us through the Holy Spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name and all of God's children agreed by saying, amen. I heard a story, actually it's a joke, about a guy in the forest in Shenandoah Valley deep way back. He's a good old boy. He's called Bubba. Of course, Bubba. And Bubba and his wife were rocking on the front porch when a dog, stray dog, came up and sat down beside him. They looked at each other and said, you know that dog? No, I've never seen him before. He scratches the door. He wants to get in. They won't let him in. He begins to tear stuff up around the outside of the house. Wife said, Bubba, you need to take that dog in your pickup truck as far out in the forest as you can go and drop him off. He's a forest dog. He needs to be out there. Bubba says, okay. Then he loads him up and he takes off, drives for about an hour, lets the dog out, turns around, heads back home. And as he comes into his own driveway, there's the dog in front of him. The dog beat him home. He's already on the front porch. And his wife said, Bubba, I said, you got to get rid of the dog. He said, I did. I took him way out in an hour. She said, 
Go get him lost. Go, go in circles. Go on, you know, old forestry roads. Get out there in the middle of nowhere. Take a couple hours and get him way lost. So he does. He rides around for two hours. He's on roads he'd never seen before. Four-wheel drive stuff. And he finally stops, lets the dog off. And he starts to head back home. After about an hour, he calls his wife. He says, honey, is that dog at the house? And she said, He's coming down the driveway right now. He said, oh, good. Would you put him on? I think I'm lost. So Jesus has been teaching. If you were with us in the last chapter, I know it's a little weak, but it's about a sheep and uh, or sheep dogs we're talking about this morning. So Jesus is on the Temple Mount, and he's been teaching. And as he left the Temple Mount, he saw a man who was born blind, begging. And he walked up to him, and he spit in the dust made clay with his fingers and put it in the guy's eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, well, which the guy did. And, but when the guy came back, he could see. An astounding miracle, not just because the guy could see, but because he understood what he saw. What? Well, and as you and I are babies, we're reaching for the toys in the crib, and, and then we start crawling. All that is putting into our brain an index a compilation of things that we see. Okay, that, that's a ball, that's round. Mom's voice, you hear, there's colors. You hear things, you see things, you touch things. And that takes a lifetime to build up so that your eye is connected with all the other four senses. But this guy instantly, not could just see, perceive, but understood what he was seeing. And it blew everybody's mind who knew the man. And so the Pharisees, these are the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders. They're members of the Sanhedrin, it's called the, the Supreme Court of the Jewish religion. They don't like it. And they're trying to find something against Jesus anyway. And they interview the guy, interrogate him really. And he said, well, I don't know who the guy is. His name was Jesus, but he touched my eyes and I could see. He said, but, well, denounce it. He did it on the Sabbath. He can't work on the Sabbath. He did the work. He healed you on the Sabbath. He's a sinner. The guy said, if he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But I once was blind and now I can see. And that made him angry, all these Pharisees. Well, Jesus is still on the Temple Mount in that area. And he's teaching, and probably the blind guy who could now see is in this group. And he's talking about how to hear God's voice, how to get direction in your life. Every one of us have to deal with that. Does God care about the details of where you're going? Yes, he does. Well, how do I know what he wants me to do? You listen for his voice. Now, don't misunderstand. I've never heard God's voice audibly, like I can hear my own voice rattling off the back wall. But I hear him every time I read the Bible. I hear him often when I hear another teacher, a Bible teacher, teaching. I even hear his voice sometimes when I'm listening to praise music. And an artist will write just some fantastic line. And I know it's God speaking to me. So my challenge to you is God is here. 
because we've gathered in the name of Jesus. And if you will listen, he will speak to you, uniquely you, some way during this message, because I've asked him to, that each one of you would listen for his voice. But don't misunderstand that word. Your tympanic membranes, your eardrums are not going to vibrate. But your heart will vibrate when it's him. Even if you're not a believer, even if you're here without any faith, because the scripture says that faith comes by hearing the word of God, which is what I just read to you. The Bible is the word of God for you. So there's a couple of illustrations that Jesus uses on sheep and shepherds, sheepfolds, that we don't understand because the shepherds in the West do it differently than the Middle East. If you go to the Middle East, you'll see shepherds out in front of the sheep. That's the way they are. By the way, you need to go to Israel. You need to go visit the Holy Land. Because when you read the Bible, I wouldn't have to explain it to you because you've seen shepherds in front of the sheep. That's an Arab shepherd, and the sheep are following that shepherd. In the West, we use sheep dogs, and they drive from behind the sheep, and the shepherd is telling the dog which direction to go. And the sheep are just you know, trying to find the pathway. So the illustration Jesus is using is, number one, to understand it, you have to know that the shepherd's in front. Number two, he uses a picture of where the sheep stay at night, a sheep fold. In the West, we'd call it a corral, okay? And the corrals are different, two different kinds that Jesus is going to describe. That is a village corral, one inside a village. And it has rock walls, and it has a door that is what we would call hung in the West. It's on hinges, right? And there's a man standing right there in the doorway, and that's the doorkeeper. And that kind of sheepfold, that kind of corral, is for multiple flocks of sheep. And the doorkeeper might be the, the first flock that comes in. George, he does Monday night. Frank does Tuesday night. Harry does Wednesday night, etc. Or they hire a, what they call the hireling, literally, to watch the sheep. It's a rock wall. It's permanent. There's a door on it. And the doorkeeper is there because sheep are worth a lot of money. And People in the Middle East do it differently than the West. In the West, we raise sheep for lamb chops, okay? And so they're driven. In the East, they raise sheep for its milk to make goat cheese and sheep cheese and for its fleece, for the wool. So the shepherd has a much longer time to get to know the sheep. For decades, he's out in front lead and he's talking to them. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands, but most of us have a pet of some kind. I can't talk to cat people, but dog people I can talk to. Meaning that, you know, I got a dog and he's the coolest dog ever. And his name is Winston because he looks like Winston Churchill. He's a bulldog. And when I call his name, even a slow, quiet bulldog will look up and he'll come to me if I call him. 
So I'm sure, except for you cat owners, you understand this part of the picture. <laughs> oh, my, in trouble now. Okay, that's why the shepherds are familiar to the sheep and they know their names. The shepherds actually call the sheep by different names. And, you know, I don't know what they call them. Sheep are kind of dumb. And that was kind on my part. There are, let's just put it the other way. There are no smart sheep. It never happens. <laughs> There's never been a smart sheep ever. And so they call them, I don't know, I'd call them Dodo or Dum Dum or Airhead or Vacuum or something like that. But whatever they call it, every sheep in the flock, 50 to 100 sheep, they all have a name. And they respond to the voice, hello? To the voice of the shepherd. That's the picture that Jesus is trying to say to these Jews that he is a shepherd and he knows you and you need to know his voice. And that's the teaching that's going on. Hirelings, the bad shepherds, are the Jewish leadership and they're listening to this discussion that's going on. You're listening to A Study in John 10 from Pastor Ed Ray on Growing Grace. Here's Pastor Ed with the second half of our lesson. We have a sheepfold that is in the village with a doorway, and then we have one out in the country that there's no door on. That's actually at En Gedi, where David would hide out from King Saul. And notice, it's just an opening. It's a rock wall, and it has sharp rocks on the top, so people can't easily climb over. But how do the sheep stay in? The shepherd lies down in the opening. So when Jesus says, I am the door, everybody listening went, oh, you mean out in the field, out in the countryside where the sheepfold doesn't have a hinged door on it, the shepherd sleeps in it, there the sheep have to climb over the shepherd and he wakes up, or a wolf, or a jackal, or, or some in those days, lions, very prevalent in the Middle East in David's time, they'd go over and the shepherd would stop them, okay? So if you have those three pictures in your mind, shepherd out in front, and then a, a sheepfold that's in the village that has multiple flocks in it, but a doorway, and then the sheepfold out in the country that doesn't have a doorway, the shepherd is the door, then all of a sudden everything that Jesus is saying here makes sense. So this little 21 verse long area has three parts to it. Jesus as the door out in the country laying in the opening. Jesus as the shepherd who walks up to the multi-flock air opening and calls the sheep's name and they come to him. And then that God heals blind people because that's what set this whole story off a blind man was given sight. And God still does that today. For people who are spiritually blind, God is so loving that he gives the gift of sight. That's where we're going. First of all, the door, verse one. Jesus is speaking. He, stops, he starts out by saying, truly, truly, or most assuredly, or listen up, this is important. That's what the Greek words mean here. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs over in some other way, 
the same as a thief and a robber. So there are shepherds that did not go through the door, is what he's saying here. And they climb over to steal sheep from other shepherds. He's talking about the religious leaders of the Jews. They were claiming to be shepherds for the sheep, Israel, but they were doing it for the money. It was just a profession. It still happens today, not just in Judaism, but in Christianity. Pastors are pastors just because they want a profession. They want to have the title or something. A young man told me years ago, and I was just shocked by it. He said, well, I think I can make a lot of money being a pastor. And I was a biochemist at the time. I said, now, I don't know where you're talking about going to church, but not the guys I know. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, there's big many. I look at, and he named a couple of guys on TV. I said, well, you know, they're hirelings. And then we spent some time talking about this. So there are shepherds who want to be professionals, and they are thieves, and they are robbers. And he's talking about this Jewish rabbi. Verse 2, he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He, he walks up to the, the corral that's in the village that has a hung door on it, and the doorkeeper, the, the shepherd from other flocks, is there, and he recognizes him, and so he allows him to come in. Verse 3, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, some commentators think that the doorkeeper here is John the Baptist, because in the illustration, it was John the Baptist who prepared the way of the Lord, Jesus said. And John, when he saw Jesus, said, behold the Lamb of God. Lamb? Yeah. Who takes away the sins of the world. And so John may or may not be the doorkeeper, but there is a doorkeeper involved in this illustration. And when the sheep hear, and there's a unique way that shepherds call, just like you'd call your pet different ways. My bulldog will respond to his name, but also if I whistle, I have a certain distinctive whistle that he gets. And he'll, even when bulldogs sleep a lot, they, they do a solid 20 hours a day. Even when I whistle, I finally he'll blurry eyed open his eyes and, and that's what they're talking about. The sheep hear his voice when he calls his own sheep in a certain way. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. He's talking about God getting your attention. How does he call you? Have you been walking with the Lord long enough that you recognize his voice? And what is it that's distinct about his voice that gets your attention? Like I said, I, I've never heard his voice audibly, but something happens here inside when it's God speaking. So I don't know what he calls them. I mean, if I was a shepherd, I'd call him all fluffy, but, you know, maybe fluffy one, fluffy two, I, I don't know. But they know it, verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. Again, the shepherd in the Middle East walks in front, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They're responding to the tones, to the whistle of his voice. Now, I read a great article about a trial in Australia. Australia has a lot of shepherds to this day. And in this suit, this lawsuit, one shepherd brought a lawsuit against another shepherd for a prized sheep. And he said the sheep was his, but the other shepherd he was suing said, no, that's my sheep. He disappeared out of my flock a couple of years ago, but that's my sheep. And so I went to court, 
And the judge who heard the case happened to have been a shepherd when he was a young man. And so even though both shepherds had great stories, he said to the guy that brought the lawsuit, take the sheep and put him at the doorway and then you come back in here and then I want you to call him. So the shepherd who was the plaintiff did that. There's the sheep at the door of the courtroom and he calls the sheep and the sheep just stands there. He said with a frightened look on his face, but to me all sheep have a frightened look. I don't know what that looks like. And the sheep didn't move. And now he says to the other, the defendant, he said, okay, now you call the sheep. And he did, he whistled for him, and the sheep ran to him. Judge said, case dismissed. You're the shepherd, that sheep knows you. That's what Jesus is talking to here. Case dismissed, the sheep is yours. Yet they will by no means, verse five, follow a stranger. They'll flee from him for they do not know the voice of the stranger. It doesn't do any good to whistle if it, you're not the shepherd because the shepherd doesn't recognize the whistle. Yours is completely different. They'll run. Verse 6, Jesus used this illustration. If you're reading out of the old King James' parable, that's incorrect. This is not a parable. This is an illustration. This is a story. But they didn't understand the things which he spoke to them. The disciples were puzzle. I, I mean, this helps me. It, it's encouraging since I often don't get things when I first read them and first hear them. So Jesus said to them again, most truly, truly, listen up, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now, if you were with us the last couple of weeks, you'll know that Jesus says, I am something seven times in the gospel of John. He first said, I am the bread of life. But what was unique about the way he said it was he used the Hebrew unspeakable name of God that Moses heard in Exodus chapter 3 at the burning bush. Remember the story? Moses taking care of sheep. He's 80 years old. And God causes a bush to burst into flame. And Moses is surprised because it doesn't appear to be consumed. It's just bright. And God speaks to him. Jesus speaks to him from the bush. And says, I want you to go tell Pharaoh to set my people free. And Moses listens to what God wants him to do. And he says, well, who will I tell Pharaoh? Send me. And Jesus said, tell Pharaoh, I am that I am. Or Yahweh at Yahweh in the Hebrew language. What Jesus was saying is, I always have been. I am now, presently and I always will be. Now, admittedly, that's very difficult for us to understand because we only live in a sequence of time. What'd you do yesterday? We index everything according to past, present, or future. But God has always been, what? Before creation began, before anything, Jesus was already there, God was already there. Thanks for listening to Grow in Grace as we continue our journey through the New Testament. Today's message from Pastor Ed Ray is a part of our study in John's Gospel, and you can hear it again at thepackinghouse.org. You'll find all of our recently aired programs right there at thepackinghouse.org, as well as an archive of Pastor Ed's messages. 
We're also on YouTube, and that's a great way to live stream our services or watch recently delivered messages. Search for Packing House Christian Fellowship, and if you prefer to have a CD copy of today's message, just call toll-free 844-77-GRACE. Again, we're here to serve you at 844-77-GRACE. As we continue to get the word out on stations like this all across the nation, we're looking to our listeners for help. Even a small donation can have a large impact by God's grace. And whatever comes in goes straight to the ministry. When you support Grow in Grace with a gift of any amount today, be sure to request our featured resource. It's a book called Why Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill. This is a no-compromise call to biblical revival and spiritual excellence that we all need to hear. You'll see the great disparity between today's church and the Church of Acts. Again, we're making it available for a gift of any amount. Just give us a call at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. We have another study to look forward to in the Gospel of John next time on Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. We'll see you then. This program is listener-supported and brought to you by the Packing House Christian Fellowship in Redlands, California. Zion, now filled with hands And in this place gotta dwell with man Sick be healed and the crippled stand Singing hallelujah My kingdom built with the blood of my son Selfless sacrifice for everyone Faith, hope, love and harmony